Father God, we give you thanks for every remembrance of your love and especially your sacrifice, what it took for you to draw us back to yourself. And with grateful hearts, Lord, thank you. Thank you for Easter. And so today, as we come under the sound of your word, Lord, would you open up every heart to pour out once again your love and your grace into our hearts so much so that we have to do something about it, that you will gird us, you will captivate us by your grace, your love. In this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, is this working? Great. Okay, I thought I'd be a bit more, try to be a bit more hands-free today. Okay, good morning. You know, in some of the more traditional churches, okay, they have this Easter greeting. Uh, and this is the way it works, right? Uh, the pastor, the priest would say, He is risen. And then the congregation will respond, He is risen indeed. Yes, some of you know it, right? And it's still done in some of the churches, like the Anglican churches today. So I want us to do that today. So why don't we all stand? And let's just declare it and do that three times, all right? And let's just declare our faith that we believe that Jesus is risen. Are you ready? Okay. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. Okay, let's try with some variations. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen. Jesus is alive. Indeed. Amen. Hallelujah. Please be seated. So that's our message for today. He is risen. He is risen in open and closed inverted commas because we are to proclaim the risen Christ wherever we are, boldly, and we must always be ready to do so. Right? But why do we proclaim the risen Christ? Now, it might sound like a strange question, okay? On Good Friday, we heard why it's good. It's good because Jesus died in our place for our sins, to pay the penalty for our sins. So we know we have good news. But that's not all. Today, Easter Sunday, we celebrate that Jesus not only died, but He rose again. And so now we have the greatest news, the greatest news that we have ever heard and the greatest news that everyone can ever hear. And so therefore, we need to proclaim the risen Christ. Now, why is it the greatest news? It's the greatest news that Jesus is alive, that Jesus rose again, because then we know that whatever Jesus said, it's true. Right? Because He's risen from the, from the grave. As He said, before He went to the grave, He already told us, in three days, I will rise again. And because Jesus has risen as He said He would, as He said He would, we know 
that what Jesus said is true. In other words, our sins have really been paid for. We really have forgiveness. We really have been restored into a relationship with the living God. And we really have received eternal life from God. So that's the greatest news. And what Jesus said is true. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. And that's not all Jesus said. Jesus also said that whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And Jesus ended off by asking, okay, it didn't come out. Jesus ended off by asking, do you believe in that? Do you believe in that? So the resurrection tells us that what Jesus said is true. We can believe that what Jesus said is true. And not only can we believe that what Jesus said is true, but we can believe that all the other things that Jesus said will come true. Right? Because whatever has happened shows us that it's true. It's also showing us that whatever Jesus has said about the future also will come true. In other words, there is an afterlife that we have to contend with. In other words, our faith decisions here on earth do make a difference. In other words, Jesus, as He said, will come again one day to judge the world. And after death, we will either spend eternity with God or we will be eternally damned. Now, that's true not just for me, but it's also true for all the people that I know, all the people that I love, and all the people that I meet. So therefore, it is important. Now, last week, you may have read about this French gendarme. Okay? Uh, I don't know whether you read it, but anyway, this, this French policeman, right? Uh, very high-ranking guy, actually, a lieutenant colonel. Okay? He actually, in a hostage situation in southern France, he offered to give himself up in place of one of the lady hostages. Unfortunately, uh, it didn't end well. He was shot three times and he died. He died for the sake of this lady. So what does his sacrifice mean for this lady? She gets to live her life. Is she grateful? Is she grateful enough to share his story, to recognize this man's sacrifice, to honor him? I think she would, you know. But even if she didn't, you know what? It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter because it's irrelevant to the people that she's telling. It's good news for her, but it doesn't really matter to them. But you and I are different, different from this lady. You and I have the greatest news to tell. And this news matters to other people. This news matters to the people that we know. Others 
have to hear this greatest news. Jesus' death and resurrection has huge, huge eternal implications for them. You know, sharing the gospel, it is said, is like, you know, we're in a famine, right? And we discover food, abundant, plentiful food, enough to feed everybody. So what do we do? Of course, we feed ourselves, right? But after we feed ourselves, we go and tell other people that there's food, that there's food, you know? You don't have to starve, there's food. And especially the people that we love, we will go and tell them about this good news. That's why, because it's so important, Jesus and His final words gave us the Great Commission. The Great Commission which tells us that we need to go and tell everyone about Him. And who is this Great Commission given to? It's given to all His disciples. But I wonder about myself, you know. I wonder why, even though I know, even though I know it's the greatest news, others need to hear it. Why am I still so reluctant to share? You know, why did I let so many opportunities just pass by, pass me by, when there was opportunity to share? I remember back in university days, you know, I was on the bus ride, and uh, my classmate, uh, asked me something about God. And I was, wasn't really ready to handle that conversation. You know? uh, and in my previous company, now and then my colleagues would talk about uh, either God or the Christian faith, or even sometimes talk about other Christians, right? Especially famous Christians. And, you know, it's very awkward. And you, sometimes you just don't know what to say and you just want to steer out of the conversation. So, I don't know whether some of us are also facing that kind of uh, struggle, you know. Whether you also, like me, uh, find it difficult to share about our faith when the time comes. You may have encountered situations where, for instance, your schoolmates talk about science and talk about God. Okay? And there's an opportunity to speak. Or your colleague shares with you some struggles that they are going through in life. And you wonder, you know, should you offer to pray for them? Or should you share with them, you know, how you manage to go through your own struggles with a sense of peace? Or it could be that, you know, surprisingly enough, your friend actually talks about religion. And your friend says, I'm looking at all these religions and I'm wondering which one is true. Or it could be that, you know, uh, your neighbour shares with you a situation that, hey, you just went through the same situation and God answered your prayers about that situation and you're wondering whether you should share about your experience. Or it could be that you go and visit a relative in hospital who's very sick and you know the person doesn't have very much time left to live. So in all these situations, all these scenarios, there can be a few outcomes. Number one, it could be you didn't even recognize that actually God gave you an opportunity to be a witness. Right? Or number two, you could 
realize that this is an opportunity to witness, but you know, you're just not prepared. And the moment just slips by. And then you go home after that, you regret. You say, I should have said something, you know. I should have said something. I can really identify with these two situations. And it happened to me many times, right? Or it could be that, you know, the third situation is that you actually made use of that opportunity to share. And you spoke about the good news with your friend, with your colleague, with your relative. So hopefully, we will do more of that. God's Word tells us, it reminds us, we always need to be prepared. Always be prepared to share. It says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. But I think the first part is even more important. The first part of this verse, which I will show you, the phrase. And the first part says, In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. And that is our starting point. When we revere, when we set apart and hold Jesus as Lord, then we'll be prepared to do the second part, to always be prepared, always be ready, because our Lord has asked us to be ever ready to share. I know sharing the faith is not easy, right? But God didn't leave us powerless. In Acts, we are told, and let's just claim this word of God. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So we will receive power. That's God's promise to us. In fact, the Holy Spirit, one of the primary reasons God has given us the Holy Spirit is to be witnesses for Him. And God did not leave us alone when He told us to communicate His gospel. God did not leave us alone because He's given us His Holy Spirit. And don't be mistaken, right? When we go out and share the gospel, it is not us. It's not us who has to be convincing. It's not us who's going to convince the person. Because the Bible also tells us that the Holy Spirit, He is the one who will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. So in a sense, we don't have to be worried, right? We just have to be sharing, but we leave it to God. You know, in one of the EE training sessions, I was told this story and I'm very, very much encouraged by it. Uh, there was this lady trainee, a lady EE trainee. And you know, she had really had a problem communicating the gospel, right? Her, her thoughts were, her gospel outline, she was just all over the place. You know, her thoughts were very disorganized. Uh, she couldn't speak clearly. Uh, so when the time came for on-the-job training and you had to go out and share the gospel, uh, this trainer brought her and another lady and, you know, to, a, to a shopping mall and said that, you know, you just go and find somebody and you just share the gospel with them. I won't go along with you, you know, but uh, I would stand nearby. So if you need any help, you just raise your hand and I'll come and I'll help you. Okay? So they went off. And true enough, you know, not even five minutes into the thing, this lady raised her hand. As expected, you know. 
So the trainer quickly rushed, rushed over. But to his shock, you know, the lady turned to him and says, this person I've spoken to would like to accept Christ. Can you pray with this person for me? You know? So it's marvellous how even God can use us, our faith, even though we may not do such a great job, but it's the Holy Spirit who will speak through us and convict people. Okay, at the, at the end of the training, sorry, sorry. Okay, so when, now Paul himself says this, he says, my message and my preaching is not with wise and persuasive words. This is Paul the evangelist, right? But he says it's with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. So Paul himself recognizes that it's not him, but it's the Holy Spirit who will convict. And I think if we don't make it a point to share our faith, we're going to miss out to see the Holy Spirit working in power. And we're going to miss out being a channel of the Holy Spirit's power to our friends. Let me share with you my own journey. I'm an introvert, okay? I suppose many of you will know. <laughs> and I find it difficult to talk about my faith, yeah? But I went through the evangelism equipping training, and after that, as I trust God, I discovered that I can really share the gospel. I can share the gospel, you know? And people are actually willing to listen to me. It can be at Botanic Gardens, it can be at West Coast Park, you know, it can be in the shopping mall. People are actually willing to listen to the gospel when you go out there and share it. And I can actually have a spiritual conversation with people. You know? And I have actually been given the wonderful privilege by God to lead a few people to Christ. Such a joy. So, I was also encouraged by the fact that, you know, they keep telling us that it's really not about us, right? That we just need to go and share and we really leave the results to God. So it is, we, our part is just to be faithful and be obedient and just be an instrument to communicate the good news to others, yeah? So that's why this Easter we've asked you, you know, we all to try to make appointments with our friends and to share with them just about what this whole occasion of Easter is about, what it means to Christians. And hopefully from there, we get a chance to share a little bit more uh, with your friends about your faith. Yeah? Um, and as senior pastor said, it's still not too late. We hope you have done uh, some invitations, but if you haven't done, it's still not too late. You can still invite for dinner. You can still invite next week and say that you know what you did on the weekend. Uh, so make use of this opportunity, right? If you, if you still manage, and your, if your friend didn't, said no, it doesn't matter, it's most important you made the invitation, you can continue to work on the next opportunity. <clears throat> now after the EE training, 
I'm by no means a shining example uh, of being a witness for Christ yet. Huh? But I have moved. I have changed. I'm better. Right? I've moved from being uncomfortable to share to being uncomfortable not to share. <laughs> and I'm comfortable with that. And I'm comfortable with that because I think that is the right biblical position to be in. Paul himself says, when I preach the gospel, I'm compelled to preach. And woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. If I preach voluntarily, I have a reward. But if not voluntarily, I'm simply discharging the trust that's committed to me. And this is not just for the apostles, not just for pastors. This is for all disciples whom Jesus has given the Great Commission to, that we are compelled by God's love to share it with others. So the question is, are you ready to proclaim the risen Christ? And if not, then what can you do to be more ready? And I want to talk about a little bit about that more later. But now I just want us to imagine, what if all of us were ready? What if all of us were ready to proclaim Christ? How would that impact the people around us? You have heard of the testimonies of Dr. Tim, how it made a difference to his patients when he shared Christ with them especially the terminally ill ones. You've heard from Sherry how she could actually even share with her Uber driver because God gave her the opportunity to do so, just on that little ride. And you may not have heard of the others, but let me tell you, Belinda shared with her helper and led her to Christ. Bella shared with her sick relative. Catherine Quack and Grace Fan shared with their friends. Jamie and Vinil shared with their colleagues. And all these people around them had a chance to hear the gospel because our brothers and sisters cared enough and were ready to share the gospel with them. Yesterday, I was encouraged when Seng Lu messaged me, you know, asking me, do you have any more of those EE uh, tracks? We want to bring them along because every Saturday, we go for this regular walk. And along the way, you know, we want to share with the people that we meet. And in fact, I think Esther yesterday had a conversation with some, some people building a friendship so we, you know, yeah, have a chance to share with the people around us. So this is what it looks like if all of us were ready. Then all the people around us are going to be a, have a chance to hear the greatest news. And now I want to invite my wife, Rebecca, to share her testimony about how God gave her a joyful opportunity to share with someone that really matters to her. When church announced EE last year, my immediate response was, nah, it's going to be too uncomfortable to ask friends out or go to the street to do evangelism. Uh, so I told Kevin nicely, I said, well, you should go for the training. <laughs> then you could teach me. Uh, however, at that time, I was also doing the book of Acts. I was convicted that as a follower of Jesus, 
to witness is something that I must do. So I enrolled in EE. Uh, I was trained to learn how to start a spiritual conversation, um, share the gospel clearly, and how to lead someone to accept Jesus. After being trained, I invited my sister Jane and my brother-in-law to lunch. After lunch, I told myself, okay, gather your courage, let's just do it. Uh, I shared the gospel with them. I could see that my sister was receptive. So I asked her, Jane, would you like to accept Jesus as the Lord and your Savior? And she said, yes. I experienced such great joy that day because I, I knew from that day on she, she has a new life, a life in God and an eternal life with Him. I know it's the greatest gift anyone could receive. Actually, Jane told me this when I asked her, are you ready to put your faith in Jesus? She said, I have been thinking about, about it uh, because I want to see that a mom in heaven. I did not know that. That day I understood what Jesus meant when he said, send out the workers. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. I learned a lesson. People are ready. Let not my own fears, my own perception determine that they are not. Jane is now with us in PPH. I hope all of us, as we obey and witness for Christ, we will bring many of our friends, relatives and colleagues to Him. All glory and thanks be to God. Okay, thank you to my dear wife. That took some convincing to get up here and share. <laughs> okay, so that can be your story as well. Okay, that can be your story. That you have the joy of leading somebody you care about to Christ. So let's talk about that. How can we be ready to proclaim the risen Christ? I think there are a few, three things let me recommend to you. RTG, right? Ready to go, so that you'll be ready to go. Number first, the first one is ready your relationships. And I think this starts with prayer. We must first be thinking about all the people around us and thinking about them and bringing them in prayer before God. And as we pray, what do we pray for? We pray that God will really give us his compassion, His compassion for them. Yeah? And pray for all these relationships that you have with all these people that God will really strengthen and God will really deepen these relationships. And pray and ask God that God will use you as a channel of His love and care to these people. And as you're praying, if God lays upon your heart, you know, that there's some people you need to be reconnected to, or there's some people that maybe you need to repair something in the relationship, or there's some people you need to be reconciled to, then pray that God will give you the strength and God will give you the way to do that so that our relationships can be something that God uses for us to be able to share His good news. So ready our relationships. Secondly, 
I think we need to ready our testimony. And I'm not just talking about your testimony about how you came to know Jesus Christ. Although that is a very important one, right? You know, we must all have a testimony about how Jesus came to our life, right? And it's very simple. You just three things. It just says BC, come to Christ at AD. So how does it work? It talks about BC, your life before Christ. What was it like? And then you talk about how you came to know Jesus. And then you talk about your life AD. That means what is your life after Christ? And what is the difference that Christ makes in your life? So yes, this is an important testimony that you need to have. But it's not the only testimony that you should share about. Because in our lives, there's so many things that happen to us, good things that God has done for us. All His goodness in our lives. Whether it be you know, something God has blessed you, uh, a prayer that has been answered, you know, God's provision for you for something, or even God's healing. All these can be testimonies that you share to declare God's goodness and God's glory in your life. Right? So, and don't, don't mis, uh, underestimate a testimony. Our testimony is very powerful. Right? Our testimony speaks of God. And actually, that's our first call. Our first call is to be a witness. A witness means just telling about what has happened. And all of us have things that happen in our life regards to God, and we can share about all those things. And this will bring glory to God. RT, testimony. And finally, the last one is the gospel, right? Which is an important one. We must be ready to share the gospel. And we must be ready to share anytime, anywhere, and without referring to anything, right? Which is why we recommend to you to use the hand presentation, right? To share the gospel because you carry your hand with you everywhere. And you can always refer to it. You don't need to refer to anything else. And of course, after you share, you must be also ready to lead somebody to put their faith in Christ. So this is the last part about being ready. Now, some of you may be visitors with us today and maybe you haven't heard the gospel or the good news. Or you have heard it before, but you felt that you were not ready to receive it. So what is the gospel or the good news? The good news is that eternal life, eternal life is a free gift that God wants to give to us. And it's, as a gift, it is not something that needs to be earned by us. In fact, it can't be earned by us and it can't be deserved by us because man is a sinner. The Bible tells us that all have sinned. And I think we recognize that. I myself know that I have done wrong. The Bible tells us all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. In other words, we have fallen, all fallen short of God's standards because God is a perfect God. And because God is perfect, all of us, all human beings, even the best, most wonderful people like Mother Teresa, right, fall short of the standard of God. And so, that makes it very tough for us because then all men, who, who can be acceptable to God? It just shows us that all of us, by our own efforts, 
cannot be acceptable to God. But thank God, He has made a way for us. So let's look at God's way. Now God is a loving God. He's a merciful God. And He doesn't want to punish us for our sins. But at the same time, God is a just God. And the nature of His justice is that He requires that sin be punished. The guilty cannot go unpunished. So we have a problem. While God wants, us, wants to love us, God has to, because of His justice, has to punish us for our sins. But thank God He solved the problem through sending the person of Jesus Christ. Now who is Jesus? Jesus is both fully God as well as fully man. He came to earth and lived in human history and He lived a sinless life. He was the only one who did not sin. And because He did not sin, He did not deserve to die. But God let Him go to the cross to take the penalty to die for our sins. And not only He died and buried, but He rose again as we celebrate this Easter. And He conquered death and now He has purchased a place for us in heaven to be with God eternally. So how do we receive this gift? This gift is received simply by faith. But we must understand what faith is. Faith is not just, you know, you listen to this in your head and intellectually you agree and that's all. Or faith is not just something that you believe temporarily. But faith, saving faith in God is putting our trust, is taking action to put our trust in Jesus that all He's done for us is complete and in Jesus alone for our eternal life. So, how do we receive So, does this make sense to you? And if it does, then would you like to receive this gift of eternal life? And we can do that very simply by just telling God three things. He says, sorry, thank you, and please. And I don't know whether some of you may want to do that today. You may want to come to God and say that, you know, God, I want to be right with you. And if you do, I just want you to just pray this prayer silently in your heart and pray with me. It's not important the words, but it's important that in our hearts, sincerely we, come, we want to come to God and we want to give our, our lives to God. So we can pray this way. It says, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for all the wrong that I've done in my life. I want to turn away from all this wrong in my life. Thank you, Jesus, that you have died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sins. And because of that, I can be forgiven. I now want to accept you as my Savior and my Lord. Will you please come 
into my life and take control of my life because I know you give me a new life and I want to give my life over to you. Come in by your Holy Spirit. Thank you. Amen. So if you have prayed that prayer, then you have received eternal life from God and you are now a child of God. So if you have really prayed that prayer this morning for the first time and your friend has brought you here, uh, just share with your friend, okay? And your friend can share with you a bit more about what it means to be living this new life in Christ. Or you can just talk to any of the pastors up here. We'll be in the front, happy to speak to you more about this new life you can have in Christ. So that was the gospel presentation using our hand, uh, which is something that we carry along with us. So I just want to give us a quick recap from a short video that tells us how do we use our hand to remember the key, five key elements of the gospel so that we can share. And frankly, everywhere you go, you have the gospel with you because we generally take our hands with us as we go here and there and to and fro. And, but you have the gospel right in the palm of your hand. It's really very simple. What this reminds us of, this simple part of the gospel is that heaven, pointing straight up, heaven is a free gift. And so right there in the palm of your hand, there's one little reminder as you're speaking to somebody that heaven is a free gift. Well, your second finger is something that you use when you're pointing at somebody and you're trying to say, hey, buddy, you've got a problem. And so we, we know from this second finger that man is a sinner. Now, my mom always said, don't point at people like that because there's always three more fingers that are pointing back at you. And that's the truth. The truth is we're all sinners. And so our first finger is that heaven's a free gift. Our second finger reminds us that man's a sinner. The third finger, and that's our greatest finger, it's the biggest finger that you have on our, on our hand, well, that reminds us of the greatest being in all of the universe, and we know that to be God. So our third finger would remind us of God. And then the fourth finger, this is the finger that many people can wear jewelry on. I, I can't wear jewelry, but many people do. And, and you'd put on a ring, and that ring would say that you're married. Well, we know from the scriptures there's this beautiful image of Jesus being the groom and the church being the bride. And so this fourth finger will remind us of Jesus. So it's very easy for us to remember. And then finally, your fifth finger, that's the smallest finger on your hand. That's going to remind us of that parable in Scripture, of that little seed, the mustard seed, the smallest thing. And it, it reminds us of this thing called faith. So right there on your hand, heaven, man, sin, God, Jesus, faith, that's the gospel. Let me just show you very quickly how it works. The Bible says that heaven's a free gift, and it has to be a gift. We cannot earn it because man's a sinner. We have all fallen short of the standard that God has for us. The Bible then tells us about God, that he loves us very much. But that same Bible that tells us of his love also tells us of his justice. He cannot stand sin. And he solved that problem in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, what did Jesus do? He came and he died on a cross to pay the penalty for our sins and to purchase a place in heaven for us. And how do you receive that gift? Well, you receive it by faith. And faith is simply putting your trust wholly and only in Jesus Christ 
and then you have eternal life. So right there in your hand is the gospel. You carry it with you everywhere you go. And this is actually something that has been around in the ministry for a lot of years, but it's been a, a tool, an aid for someone to be able to remember the gospel. Okay, do you have your hand with you? Great, go and make use of it. Okay, so that's just a basic, very basic framework. If you want to be better equipped, come for EE training. Okay, we will learn a lot more about how to talk about the gospel in more detail. And of course, as you're talking to somebody, uh, you have to answer questions and all that. So we will talk about all those things, all right? Uh, I think many of us have gone through and have found it quite beneficial. So I encourage you to join that. Or if there's any other evangelistic training in your campus or you know, other organizations, go and sign up for that as well. But the point is, we need to be ever ready to proclaim the risen Christ to our friends. I want to invite the worship team to just come up. And invite you to stand again. And let's do that Easter greeting again. And get ready to declare, to proclaim. Okay, are you ready to say that? Okay, let's say that. He is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive indeed. I will proclaim the risen Christ. I will share the good news. Amen. I hope we do that. Now, there's another acclamation that happens uh, in some of the churches as well. As Jesus has died, Jesus is risen, and Jesus will come again. And that's the reminder for us that the resurrection, wonderful as it is, is still not the end of the story. There's Christ coming back again. And one day, we will meet Him face to face. And He will rule over the entire world in His kingdom. And so, in the meantime, we proclaim the risen Christ. Let's sing that together. I will proclaim The glory of the risen Lord Who once was slain To reconcile man to God Forever He will be The Lamb upon the throne I gladly bow my knee And worship Him alone I will proclaim I will Reconcile 
God, we want to stand. We want to stand with our loved ones. We want them to come to know you as well. That God, they can spend eternity with you and with us. I just want to give us some time now. The people you have invited today, you're going to meet. Just bring them before God. And just ask that God will open up their hearts. God will use you to be able to share with them. Father, we thank you for all these invitations that you have led to happen. We believe these are divine appointments arranged by you. Father, we pray nothing will hinder them. That God, they will happen as scheduled. And we pray for those who are coming to meet up with us. That Father, you would just open up their hearts. And Father, you would just prepare them to hear your good news. Use us, O oh God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are. You will empower us. You will empower us to share. Use us to be a channel of your love and truth. We commit ourselves to you. Protect these appointments to God. Protect these appointments and watch over them. And Father, hearts will be turned to you that people will see the truth of God. Open up eyes. And open up ears. And open up hearts to you. So Father, it is our desire that these people come to you. So we commit them to you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you want us to share with others so that they can hear. And you want us to share with them so that they can be saved. So, God, we bring ourselves before you. Strengthen us, oh God. Strengthen us for this task. Fill us more and more every day with your love and compassion. We commit ourselves to you. We thank you that we serve a risen Lord. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you.